friends. Welcome to the Recognizing Potential podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Thompson Alaricki, and as a pilot wife, mom, and certified life design and relationship coach, I just wanted to create a space for others who are looking for the real stories. You know, the ones that make you think, oh good, it's not just me. A place to get all the tips and tricks to take your relationship from good to exceptional, and a place where you can learn new ways to look at the design of your life and make it what you've always dreamed of. My mission in coaching is building lives of passionate purpose, and it's my goal to help you do just that. So if you're wondering about your God-given purpose, wanting to up-level your life or your marriage, or just needing a positive place you can go to hear a friend, you've come to the right place, and I'm so happy you're here. Grab your favorite beverage, and let's jump in. Hi guys, happy Thursday. Today I'm coming to you, I want to tell you a couple of different stories and see if you can connect the dots before I actually get into what they all have in common. So I had a client come to me about two months ago and um, he's actually taking my unique course, which is about a four month program. And in the middle of it, he said, Cam, he said, I think one of my biggest problems in life is that Ever since the fourth grade, I have seen myself getting to a certain point, but as soon as I get there, I stop. I can't ever go past that point to become more successful or to have the physical fitness level that I want or to have the money that I want, etc., etc. And so we talked about it a little bit and we figured out what the problem was. Had a friend call me about a week ago and she said, Cam, I have this boyfriend. We've been together for about eight months and it seems like every time something really, really good is going on, then he freaks out and brings up past issues and starts a fight. Had a friend call me, had another friend call me today and say, my Fiance wants us to move to a completely different city, but I feel like I've found myself here and I feel like this is home, but he doesn't feel like this is home and he feels like he would, he would be happier in a, in a different city. And I said, okay, so what's the problem? She said, I'm scared. I'm scared to start over. I'm scared to go and not have friends or not be successful or not. And she, she listed off several things. Okay. So given those three stories, do you know what the common denominator is here? It's fear. Fear comes in many different shapes and forms, but it's never a fear of the topic that we think it is. It's always deeper. So if a relationship couple, um, if people come to me for, for coaching their relationship and they're having issues with money, it's never about the money. It's always about what we call the upper limit problem. And the upper limit problem is talked pretty in depth in the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And the whole book is about conquering your hidden fears and taking your life to the next level, right? So fear falls into three categories, okay? 
There's fear of the unknown, but it's not really the fear of the unknown. It's the belief that you have created around the fear of the unknown. So in the example of my friend wanting to move, it's the fear of the unknown of getting there, but it's not really, again, the fear of the unknown. It's the belief that she has developed around the fact that she can't leave Houston because if she does, she won't ever be as happy as she is here. And that's not necessarily true. You don't know unless you try. Unless you go to that new city, her fiance may be happier and therefore she may be happier. It may be a case where she meets, you know, a new tribe and is, you know, happier with with that circle of friends than she ever was here. It may be that she gets there and she hates it and they move back. The, The second category is fear of not getting what you want. So a lot of times we pick a fight with our spouse or we, um, we feel like we have to fight for what we want and that we're not going to get that. And that's not necessarily the case either. Okay. It may be a case where we have to try and maybe communicate a little bit more clearly, or we have to set expectations a little bit more clearly or something like that. But it doesn't necessarily mean that we're not going to get what we want, okay? There's the third category. So the first one was fear of the unknown. The second one was fear of not getting what you want. The third one is fear of losing something you have. So again, let's say in the case of my friend not wanting to move, she's afraid that she's losing all of her friends and her support system and that she's, she's not going to find that in the new city. Not necessarily the case. It doesn't mean that she's going to lose all of her friends here. Yes, their dynamic is going to change. Yes, their relationship is going to change a little bit. But with effort, you can still have a positive relationship with the friendships that you have in the in the same spot. Currently, um, I have a family member that is very wishy-washy on where she wants to move to. Um, She knows she wants to move out of the city that she lives in now. She has two other options. One option is closer to her grandkids. The other option is a little bit further away. Again, it's one of those things. Fear of losing something you have. Fear of the unknown. It's fear of the belief around the unknown. It's fear of losing that relationship with her grandkids. With a little bit more effort, with a little bit more time and energy, you can still have the positive relationship with the grandkids. You can develop a new belief around the unknown. Okay, so the upper limit problem. To define it, basically, this is like a level or a thermostat, if you will, that we set on our own. And this is based on subconscious beliefs that were created in us as we were children from birth to seven. This is experiences that we had as kids, as adolescents, on into adulthood. It's all of the different thoughts and and fears and beliefs that you have told yourself on over the time that you create this setting. And then when we go past it, then we do something to sabotage ourselves, right? So you've never had a relationship past eight months. And so you freak out because, oh gosh, it's been eight months. 
I don't know how to make it go nine. I don't know how to keep it going. So instead of just letting it flow, you sabotage yourself because you freak out and think, okay, I can't do this. Another quote by Robert Heller is that fear is exhilaration without the breath. So fear and exhilaration are the exact same emotion, but fear is the exhilaration without the breath. So think about just if you watch like award shows, if you watch um, speakers, if you watch big athletes, right before they go on camera, right before game time, right before um, anything big that they're getting ready to do, just watch their body language. What's the first thing that they do right before they get ready to go? They take a big breath and they let it out as if they're blowing out candles on a birthday cake, right? They blow it out and then they move. They blow it out and then they take action. That's exactly what we have to do. Instead, what we do is we get to this pro- we get to this setting and we stop and we start making excuses for ourselves of I can't do it. It's it's just it's not going to happen. I'm I'm not going to get the promotion or you know what? I've I've worked my butt off here. I've eaten really really good for the last week and a half, but let's be honest, I'm never going to get to that 25 pound mark. So, I'm just going to eat junk food for the rest of the day. I'm never going to make the money that I actually want to make. I'm never going to be the millionaire. I'm never, I'm never, I'm never. It's never whatever. Whatever the negativity that we feed ourselves happens to be for that moment, for that circumstance. The thing about that is that the excuses that we're making for ourselves, we don't know what it feels like to actually reach that goal. So we convince ourselves that it's not going to happen and we feed ourselves excuses to make ourselves feel better as a crutch to give ourselves permission to fail. I'll say that again. We use excuses as a crutch to give ourselves permission to fail. So instead of pushing yourself, instead of having that persistence, the patience to watch something happen, the excitement and exhilaration to take action each and every single day that it needs to happen until it act- until we actually reach that goal we give ourselves permission to fail so let me ask you this if you were speaking to a small toddler who was learning to walk would you say it's okay You've fallen down like 32 times today. So you don't have to learn to walk. You're good. You're good. You're not, I mean, it's really hard. I get it. Hurts when you fall down. You might fall into something like the coffee table. It's fine. You don't need to do that. Of course not. You're going to continue to encourage them. Hey, it's fine. You can do hard things. Get up. Keep going. Keep going. You're going to do that for every child. My son. My son's learning to play the guitar right now. And it's hard. It's hard. It's he's slow at moving his fingers. He's not able to play Despacito yet like he wants to. And so because he's had exactly two lessons. So it's it's one of those difficult things where we expect to be perfect and we expect results immediately. That's not how things work. 
when you are working for something that's hard, when you work for something that's worth it, there has to be an extra level of effort, an extra level of want and, and effort put into that in order to get what you want. And so instead of being like, it's okay, buddy. I mean, I realize you've only had two, two lessons, but you can just quit. It's fine. You don't need to play Despacito on your guitar anyway, even though that's all you've talked about for the last seven months. No, You're, I'm not going to give him permission to quit because then that teaches him that it's okay to give himself permission to quit when it's something like getting a college degree or working for his career that he wants that's been his dream forever. Or, you know, making a, a marriage work when things get hard. No. You need to talk to yourself in the same way that you would talk to, to your child or to your niece or nephew or a, a, a child in, in the community. Encourage yourself in the same way that you would those children. You've done hard things before every single day. You've gotten up and made the decision to have the oatmeal instead of frosted flakes. You've made the hard decision to go to the gym even when you didn't feel like it. You've made the hard decision to sacrifice one thing so that you could have a little bit of extra savings to get you that house that you wanted. You've made hard choices to roll over and look at your spouse and be like, you know what, I'm going to be married to you another day. Instead of being like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and just call it quits. You've done hard things before. So stop telling yourself that you can't do the hard things, that you can't get to where you want just because you've set your own thermostat limit. Raise the thermostat. Stop sabotaging yourself just because your mind is playing tricks on you and telling you lies. You have to fight for what you want. Don't fight for the, ex- the negative excuses that you're using to make yourself feel better for failing because you didn't even try. The energy that you put forth in the effort or the energy that you put forth in repeating the negative excuses in your head is going to be the same either way. It's going to take the same amount of time. You can sit there on repeat and tell yourself that you can't do it. Or you can sit there on repeat and tell yourself you can. Simple as that. So how do you know if you are facing an upper limit problem? First off, if you are picking fights with your spouse when something starts to happen. Your spouse says, you know what, honey, I know that you're going to get that. I know that you're going to get that promotion. I'm really excited for you. I, I'm just so proud of the effort that you've put in. And you're like, you, you come back with, no, I'm not. Don't, don't build me up just so that my, my hopes and dreams can get shot down later. Don't make them the victim of your own negative thoughts. If you have anxiety, I have a friend that has four beautiful children They're all healthy. They're all happy. She's married to the love of her life. They live on quite a lot of land. They um, they have a nice home. And she has debilitating anxiety. And it's over the fact that she feels like she's either going to lose it all or that one of them is going to die. I used to have that same anxiety. 
I used to be extremely anxious and feel like I was going to die and my son was going to be left without a good role model as a parent. And then I had to look at that and say, that's my own fear of the unknown. That's my own belief that I have created around the future. And I had, I had to let that go. And that's exactly what has to happen. You don't apply for the job. Did you guys know that according to Harvard Business Review, women do not apply for jobs in which they do not meet 100% of the job criteria that's listed. However, men will apply for the job if they meet 60% of the job criteria that's listed. Ladies, we are holding ourselves back because we have told ourselves that we're not good enough. Do you realize how absurd that sounds? We hold ourselves back from having an opportunity that could make a complete difference in our life because we've told ourselves that we're not good enough or that we're not qualified enough. How many times have you done that? I did it a lot. I used to, I changed my major 11 times in college. I know I've told you guys that before. Changed my major 11 times in college and a lot of, a lot of the different um, reasons that I changed, one of them I, I stopped doing athletic training because I told myself, I loved athletic training. I was great at it. It was, I was on fire passionate about it. As, as much as I am for coaching, I was on fire passionate for athletic training. And I told myself at 18 years old that I could not do athletic training because it wasn't family oriented. That I would be at high school football games across town instead of at my own son's high school football games. Now, almost 20 years later, my, my son's probably not going to play football because he's already had two concussions in the last year and he's 10. So, you know, there's that. You never know what's going to happen. And, and maybe he will. I have no idea. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. The point is, if you're holding yourself back because you're telling yourself that you're going to fail or that it that you're not good enough or that it's not going to work into your schedule, but you love it and you're passionate about it, then you're you're literally just standing in your own way. You are your biggest enemy. If you're comparing yourself, if you sit there and say, well, I'll never have a house like hers because, you know... They don't have any debt and I have a ton. Their family pays for everything, but mine doesn't. Again, excuses. Excuses for making yourself feel better as a crutch and giving yourself permission to fail because you're not even going to try. You don't even want to try, so you're just going to give your permission, give yourself permission to fail. Dissolve the upper limit. This is what Gay Hendricks talks about in the book. You can't, it's not enough to just move past it. That, that upper limit problem is going to still be there. You have to completely dissolve it. So how do you do that? You have to first recognize what's happening. You have to first recognize what's going on in your mind and you have to see, okay, 
this is what I'm doing. I'm sitting here and I'm making mistakes. Trent Shelton um, is on, we had Cuff on the last podcast of People Are People, the Fighting for Equality. He has a podcast called the Vision Lab podcast where they interviewed Trent Shelton this week. And Trent in there talks about how when he got let go from the NFL, he blamed everybody. He blamed his mom for not making him fast enough. He blamed everybody. And eventually he had to look in the mirror and say, you know what? You are the problem here. This is all up to you. It's your responsibility. That's exactly what you have to do in a situation like this. And this is super hard, people. This is so hard because as as human beings, it is human nature to believe that we are doing better than what we really are. So of course it's going to hurt. Of course it's going to internally be hard for us to look in the mirror and be like, ooh, yep, that's my own stuff that I need to face and that I need to fix and work through. So recognize what's happening. Am I really mad at my spouse or am I picking a fight right now because I'm afraid of what the future holds? I'm afraid of not providing for my family in the way that I had promised when we got married. I'm afraid of the unknown. I'm afraid of not getting what I want for us. I'm afraid of losing what I have. Communicate with your spouse. Hey, I'm really afraid that if I get this promotion, that it's going to take away time from our family. Or I'm really afraid that I've put in for this promotion and I've worked really hard, but I'm not going to get it because of these seven reasons. Whatever is meant for you will not pass you. Whatever is meant for you will not pass you. So if you're meant to get that promotion, you're going to get that promotion. If you're meant to get the client, the client will, will sign with you. If you're meant to get the raise, you'll get it. If you're meant to have the baby, you'll have it. I, I'm living proof of that right now. So recognize what's happening. Let it go. Like Elsa, if you have to sing that song over and over in your head, do it. Let it go. Because what, again, what is meant for you will not pass you. So let the fear go. Let the anxiety go. There is a ridiculous amount of liberation when you stop worrying about what the future holds because it hasn't happened yet. You're, you're punishing yourself twice because you're worrying about it now and then whatever happens, you have to face if it's negative or positive, either way. And then if it's positive, you look back and be like, wow, that was a lot of energy spent on worrying about this when it turned out completely different. How many times did I have to work through that? Worrying about something and worst case scenarioing it, like I'm on an episode of This Is Us with Beth and Randall. I would do that to myself in my head. Okay, worst case scenario, what's going to happen? And then I would get to the day that the, the event would happen and it was completely different than what I had pictured because I had told myself excuses. I had, you know, just made it a, a mess in my head and that, that's not how it was. And you have to choose to take the leap. 
if you think that there is any possibility whatsoever in your spouse being happy in this new city, in growth or educational opportunity or any kind of opportunity at all, in whatever experience is coming to you, take the leap. If I wouldn't have taken the leap at 15 years old to go to Europe, I would not have learned near as much as I did. I would not have grown the friendships that I did. I would not have gotten the spark inside of me to be more adventurous and more audacious in my life. If I wouldn't, and if you want that episode, um, I, I don't know, it's like two or three episodes back. If you want the job, apply for it. That job description is a guideline. It's, it's not an end-all be-all. If you want to lose the weight, take the action. And stop sabotaging yourself. Get a coach. Get an accountability partner. I had, a, I had a couple that I just finished one program with. I'm getting ready to start another program with him next week. He told me, and he's a business coach. He told me this week, he said, you know what, Cameron? He said, your relationship coach helped me so much because you were that accountability partner. Because you held me accountable in every single thing that I did. Because you called me out on my BS if I needed it. You called my wife out on hers if she needed it. And you supported us together. But having that accountability was worth more to me than gold. Accountability is huge. Have your, have your spouse be your accountability partner. If, if it's something, if it's a goal that you're wanting individually. But, but... The deal is you can't get mad at them if they call you out and you're in the wrong. You have to take responsibility for that in yourself. Final thought. One of the things that I teach in the Unique program, there is a verse where we talk about Babylon and we talk about how every single person has a Babylon and how God leads his people um, into exile and they think it's going to be for a very short time. And he says, no, it's, it's going to be 70 years, actually. And in 70 years, when all of this is over, then I will lead you back to the place that I promised. But um, I think it's Jeremiah 20, 29, like 1 through 14 or something like that. It's that whole verse that it talks about this. But it basically talks about the fact that God is more worried about you trying and failing. He is, he is happier with you for trying and failing and learning the lesson in it than he is about you sitting on your laurels and doing nothing at all. He gives you opportunities as a, as a jumping off point to be like, okay, this is where my success started. Or he gives you ideas for like, like for me. If an idea for content comes to me, it's because somebody needs to hear this. The whole reason I'm doing this podcast today is because somebody out there, it may not be you, it may not be your friend, but somebody out there needs to hear this message. That's why I do the podcast. I love it. It's fun. But it's also to help people. 
because I've had to, to face my own upper limit problems. There's, and, and an upper limit problem comes with every step of success. But you're always having to work through them. Take responsibility and dissolve it. But choose to take the leap. At the end of the day, if you, if you want to go ahead and worst case scenario this, okay, let's worst case scenario it. Let's say you move to the new city and you hate it. Are you going to die? No. Can you move back to where you were? Yes. Can you choose to move to a different city? Yes. There's always another option. But that might be a stepping stone to get you to where you want to go. But you have to try. You have to try in order to succeed. You have to try in order to have that feeling of, okay, I did it. And that feeling right there, friends, is so much better than the feeling of giving yourself an excuse because it's permission to fail because you didn't try at all. I hope this has helped you. Again, if you want to listen to that book on Audible or if you want to read it yourself, um, the book is called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And it has a picture of a goldfish jumping from a small bowl to a large bowl. And if you guys need help actually working through your fears, working through your upper limit problem, I do have coaching strategy sessions available. Just email me at coaching at recognizingpotential.com. Again, that's coaching at recognizingpotential.com. I can't wait to see where you guys go. And if you got anything out of this, please do not hesitate to leave a review and rate the podcast. I'll see you guys next Thursday. Happy Father's Day to all of you fathers out there. Thanks for listening to another podcast episode of Recognizing Potential with your coach and host, Cameron thompson Alariki. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and also send me a review. I read all of the reviews and I'm grateful for every single one. Be sure to join the Facebook group, Recognizing Potential Life Coaching, for even more life-changing content. Follow me on Instagram at recognizing underscore potential and on Twitter at recpotential, R-E-C-P-O-T-E-N-T-I-A-L. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next week.